This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, Nick Gillard, DR Kernas, and James Howard. What a show we have for you over the next hour. We're going to be talking about that Chelsea game, an informed Chelsea just running in to that informed side. Six wins on the bounce. Roy said sometimes you just have to face it. It's one of those days at the office. Max Matthews will be joining us to talk and, and give you his take on what Crystal Palace are doing so far this season and delighted to say Dean Gordon will be on the show later this evening giving us his thoughts as well I'm so tempted just go Dino Dino you've done it you've done it I mean you you gave in to temptation (laughs) so there you go he was tempted and he'd done it what a show it can only mean uh, when Nick interrupts me at the start that it is time (laughs) for the Crystal Palace fan show we wouldn't have it any other way let's get into the Chelsea game then because it started off as a typical Roy Hodgson away performance. Very disciplined, you know, solid at the back, nil-nil. And then he goes for that second half, maybe then trying to get a counter-attack, trying to get the goal. Didn't work out like that, DR. What did you make of the performance on the weekend? I mean, it's. I think it was a game of uh, two halves. The first half, we defended well as a team, but going forward, we just uh, lacked um, a bit of a, a threat um, and, like... We, I don't think we had a touch in their box till around the 35th or 30th minute between there. So we defended well as a team, um, limited their chances and they were clearly frustrated frustrated going into the second half. But in the second half, um, conceded a... I don't know, it was... It was a, at first I thought, oh, is it just a good team goal? But then looking back at it, it seems like Tompkins was a bit out of position. So it was a bit of a uh, sloppy mistake from him. And yeah, we, we tried to kick on after that. And I've seen people say, oh... We we tried to go for it after we were one 0 down, but I didn't feel that way. I still feel felt like 
throughout the game we just had no attacking um attacking threat and I don't think it's down to the three players that were up there. I think it was just down to the tactics really. Yeah, it was the first time that Crystal Palace failed to attempt a single shot in the first half of a, a Premier League match since March 2014. That was a way to Swansea. DR saying not a lot of creative threat there. On the day afterwards, James, Roy, Roy said that he was proud of his players. He wasn't disappointed in the performance. Just one of those things. Sometimes it is one of those things, but it wasn't great to hear that. Do you agree? Yeah, he's a safe pair of hands, Roy. And I feel like I'm coming here every week and I'm repeating myself. So I've sort of going to try and put a different bit of and I'm scared because you're it. sitting closer to me now yeah, and I know sometimes I'm, I'm, you can I'm, get a little bit angry just sit back <laughs> sit back and have a cigar yeah. guys because I'm just do you want to swap seats Nick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was definitely first half defence first half defence against attack Gaeta was our commander in chief oozes confidence and gives the defence belief um, and it was a good performance first half um, James MacArthur midfield Trojan fantastic player workhorse but again, like you say, there's, See what there's, done there, Trojan and workhorse. There, there's no, there's no real creativity. Chelsea step up a gear second half. They've got quality. They've got Pulisic and Tammy Abraham. You know, we can't compete with that. We had James MacArthur that came off after the goal, replaced by Schlupp. You know, both are attacking midfielders in Alex, in Max Meyer and Camarasa, were not even on the bench. Um, it's not pretty, but it's effective. Is that enough for Crystal Palace fans? There's no money available, but there's no stadium development. Question mark, exclamation mark. It's going to be the game again. It's going to be the same against Liverpool at home. Same backs against the wall, rely on a lucky counter attack. I mean, I don't know. I'm just getting a bit, little bit monotonous here. Well, Nick, firstly, I want to know what you think of Palace, but as a teacher, question mark, exclamation mark. What did you think of that from James? <laughs> Asterisk star <laughs> exclamation mark question mark. If you read the B, you know you know what that means. <laughs> Nick, um, I've, look, we were always going to lose against Chelsea. Last international break, we were sixth, and we were playing the five teams above us. Mm. The fact that barring Tottenham, who aren't above us, we've not been trounced by any of them. I am worried about us going forward. I knew that we'd have a terrible, terrible run. And I knew that people would moan about it. And we've got Liverpool to come yet, and people are going to moan even more about that. It wasn't our best performance. There was a point in the first half, the ball had gone through to... It was Ayu Zaha, near the edge of the box, him and a defender tangled up, and the ref blew up, said it was a free kick for the defender. The replay showed... There wasn't a foul. I'm just wondering, all right, I'm not going to go into a VAR one, but just little decisions like that can turn games. I'm just wondering what would have happened if we'd have gone 1-0 up then. I am concerned about going forward. Wilf, we'll discuss later, is not in his best form. And we don't have a player that we can give the ball to and they're going to be away with it, like we used to have with AJ, like Wilf used to be, like Vince Hilaire like John Salaco when he used to get the ball on the wing. Michael Hughes used to do the same from the middle of the pitch. We just haven't got that player in the centre of the pitch that's either A, controlling things, or, or B, taking the game to the opposition. And that's what's frustrating. But the fact that we've kept the scores down, I think, is a positive. The thing that I have a problem with is that even going into the game, we were negative in terms of our full squad. I didn't have no problem with our starting lineup, But, I mean... 
putting Jaira Reedward and McCarthy, I think McCarthy deserves that uh, role on the bench, but putting Jaira Reedward there instead of Camaras or Max Meyer, it just limited our options and it limited us having an opportunity of a plan B. And you can see it because we have no attacking midfielders. And that's what I don't understand because Jaira Reedward is not going to play. The last time he has played was in a 17-18 season against Brighton. So why on earth are you putting Jaira Reedward on the bench and not giving one of Cameras or Max Meyer an opportunity when we do, let's say that we do go 1-0 down. That's what I was worried about. I was like, all right, who's going to come on and change the game if we're if But we're Townsend started though, didn't he? Yeah, but, Townsend, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And why, why isn't one of them on the bench? Mm. I mean, he said before the game, Roy Hodgson, that there were no injuries. So clearly no problems there. So why put on two defensive midfielders and we already had another two playing on the field so in total we had four in the match day squad and we don't have no attacking midfielders i mean imagine if your cameras are max meyer and you're sitting you're not even on a bench where i don't know where you are and you're seeing that game and you're two nil down and roy hodgson's putting on james mccarthy when you're two nil down at stanford bridge instead of giving you a chance yeah but dr what has max meyer done this year to warrant him starting or to come on because every time he's very offering little end products at the minute he has i mean the only game i think it was the lesser game last last week um where he came on and didn't really offer much but i mean in in chances in overall chances he hasn't had that many um this season and victor Camaraso, i don't want him starting him because he, he i think five minutes in premier league that's it something like that so both of them have had limited chances and in games like this when you're 2-0 down you want to actually I know it's, they're not going to change the game and make us do a crazy comeback and win the game 3-2 but at least put them on and give them a chance and see what they can offer we were 2-0 down and we were putting on Jeffrey Schlupp like no disrespect to Jeffrey Schlupp we've seen enough of him then why don't you have one of them on the bench I, I, I agree and personally I, I feel that some of these games Roy's going into them thinking we've, we've, we've lost already already beaten and I don't like it it's, it's if if the club come out and say, you know, we're consolidating, we mustn't go down because we are spending a lot of money on redeveloping the ground and we can see the evidence of that, fair enough. And we can say, do you know what, Roy Hodgson's a safe pair of hands. We could possibly retain Roy's services for the next season or two. In that period of time, we have to be extremely careful that we do not get relegated, in which which case we have to be a little bit boring, for want of a better word. Um, and I could then understand it. But if there's no other plan and it's we're purely playing football and we're trying to entertain the fans, then we're not really going for it. We're not entertaining the fans. And we are going out there trying to sort of, you know, hopefully lose 2-0 rather than 5-0. Um, and and like, I've had no problems we, uh, over the last couple of games against um, teams like Leicester, Arsenal and City because they are, they are better positions. And also we did have the options on the bench. But when you're going into games against Chelsea and having no plan B options um, and just, as you said, just sticking by, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go with plan A and let's say that we do lose to you know, that's it. That's what I have a problem with. And it sends a negative message to them players because why on earth should they be motivated to, to train if you're not going to give them a chance? Mm. What, 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 why does that matter? You know, two seasons ago, I would have absolutely looked forward to the next home game against Liverpool. Because two or three seasons ago, and on a regular basis, we used to beat the top sides at Selhurst. Man City, you know, Arsenal, Liverpool, you know, we were famous for that three-all draw. But I'm thinking now, I know exactly what's going to happen now. We're going to be on the back foot from the start. The goal, our goal is going to be peppered for 90 minutes. 
and we'll either concede early on and it'll be you know a couple of goals to nil or we'll concede second half and it'll still be a couple of goals to nil because we cannot we cannot survive 90 minutes on the back foot against the quality of Liverpool because this is Liverpool because this is what happened against Man City and you could mm. see it in the first five minutes we're going to lose we cannot survive 90 minutes against a quality side well like if, they, if they just got better what's changed then you're saying you know two seasons ago we we would you know go toe-to-toe with these teams we'll get the results now we're not doing that is that Roy what's this because I, I, he was still there well what's changed James yeah right I analysed I felt I analysed this and I think when we the, the, the managers we had at that time um, we had Sam Allardyce and we had, um, um, what's oh, his name? Uh, Frank de Boer. No, no, no. We had Pulis. Sorry, Pulis and Allardyce were particularly, particularly good at defending from set pieces, corners, etc. And this is where we've been struggling recently, especially from corners. So, you know, although we might have only have, you know, sneaked a 1-0 win against the top sides, at least we weren't conceding goals and we, we were we were winning at winning at Selhurst by the odd goal. But I don't have that confidence anymore against the big sides. I I, I think the the fact is they're just so much better than they were. Um we haven't got the best squad in the world. I'm gonna have to get you some oil for that seat mate. It's it's <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's like we're in a graveyard here. I think it's, we're gonna change it at a break. Yeah we've got um we haven't got the best squad in the world. Let's see how we do against Bournemouth before we throw all our toys out of the pram. Yeah, I, I agree. I still, I, I have to disagree with you there with the, in terms of confidence. Careful, I still, careful, dear. Yeah. You're sitting right next no, no. to him. I mean, Roy, Roy still, he, he's got results against big sides. Roy's 300th Premier League game in charge on the weekend. Exactly, yeah. Um, he had, we have got some good results, but I mean... If you're looking at the if you're looking at the Chelsea game in particular, I feel like yes, tactics is play a part, but I feel like it's a mixture of tactics and player performances because when it came down to it, there were just so many misplaced passes uh, right. from uh, from individuals, and they they didn't seem confident. Now, then again, you could look at it and you could say, well, what are they doing in training? But uh, he has got the results against big sides. I mean, the only problem, as I said, was with the whole squad um, and in 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 the Chelsea game, which I wasn't confident with. But yeah, I, I still I still believe in Roy we, carrying us on and keeping us up. That's the only thing, really. He can't take us to the next step, but he will he will be able to keep us up. Well, still believe in Roy. But, uh, let's quickly turn the attention onto that London derby, not just about Roy Nick, because this was Crystal Palace's 100th Premier League London derby. One twenty-three, drawn twenty-three, lost fifty-four. Only Fulham have posted a lower points per game uh, ratio in such games, zero point eight four, than Crystal Palace. Zero point nine, the Eagles get from those London derbies in the Premier League. What yeah. do you make of that? Well, you've got Arsenal, you've got Chelsea, you've got Tottenham. What what London teams are there that we can kind of say where we're level with West Ham? I've always put us. I know they won the World Cup, but I, I always see us being fairly level with them in the fact that we've gone up and down over the last few seasons. Um, quite a few of the fans have got ideas way above their station. Um, and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Ooh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I know, it's it's poor, but what can you do? I mean, all I'm worried about is what's our points ratio against Brighton? Mm. You know, that's that's where our big rivalry lies. Mm. It's tough, though, because, DR, I know you don't want to mention the manager and setting up, and James, you wanted to make a point, but now no wins, you know, three losses out of the last mm. four games. Do we do a knee-jerk reaction here? Or, or, you know, because still 12th in the table. I know Nick's saying no, but where do you two stand on it? Because you two, a uh, slightly different opinion. I'm I'm happy with where we are in the league, don't get me wrong. And I'm, I'm happy to an extent with the manager. I'm just frustrated and disappointed that he doesn't try a plan B every now and then and try and excite things a bit more for the fans, especially at home games. I just think that there's too much negativity and I think you know especially on the bench we could definitely need to liven it up a bit more with some creative midfielders I think on a whole where we're sitting right now I think it's a fair reflection uh, on how we played so far this season because even when we were sixth I don't think in I don't think much has changed in terms of tactics from last season but we were just solid um, uh, as a team and we we're more clinical in front of goal at home so that's what's that's the only thing that's really changed so I mean the performances, um, I don't think it's, it's, really, it's really improved on from last season. So I think 12 is a fair reflection. And it's, it's more, it's more achievable. It's somewhere where I wouldn't be too surprised about if we do end up there at the end of the season. Nick, you believe that something else is uh, taking part here? I've written on a bit of paper, uh, Alan Kerbishley sings. And we all remember Charlton all those years back, not happy with their lot. Look. We ain't ever going to win the league unless we're bought out by somebody. This, this I keep going on about these six games. They were all three hits, every single one of them. Yes, I know we're going to be upset that we've lost three in a row. And yes, it doesn't look good on paper. But the teams we've played are really, really good. Leicester, there was nothing wrong with being beat by Leicester. They're one of the best teams I've seen come to, you know, seen come to Sellhurst in recent years. They didn't stop moving. In, unless we start getting players that can move about a bit more now whether that's down to the manager whether the misplaced passes are down to the manager for not transmitting enough confidence and you know let's let's play for the draw I don't know but please don't panic and, and don't chuck the baby out with the bathwater because who else is there well, don't panic just yet. Uh, a fiery one on the Crystal Palace show, talking all about the results and the manager. Next up, we are joined by Max Matthews. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, Nick Gillard, DR Kernaz and James Howard. While we were talking about the team, the manager, you know, are the fans maybe getting ahead of themselves? No knee-jerk reactions here. Still in 12, still going well. They've just faced informed teams. Delighted to say, joining us now, and you still can, by the way, call us on 0208 7020 558 or tweet us for all your Eagles thoughts at Love 
Sport Radio. But we are joined by Love Sport's very own Max Matthews. Max, a real pleasure to have you on this evening. Not the best result on the weekend, obviously, but they're up against Chelsea, who are doing very well. Six wins on the bounce, just one of those days. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, because ultimately they are a really, really good team. And although our away form has been pretty impressive, especially against big sides, you've got to say that they just had too much power, kind of too much, and we were outdone by the better team. And to be honest, if if Palace fans are thinking, you know, getting angry or disappointed about just losing to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, I think that they're getting ahead of themselves. Hi, Max. Um, Joe Wood went out injured, um, of course, in a game in the first half. How big of a blow do you think that's going to be? Well, the, the main reason it's a problem is because we only have one right back. Hmm, yeah. And I don't blame Roy Hodgson for this problem at all. I blame Steve Parrish, the chairman. During the whole summer, as soon as Aaron Wan-Bissaka left, Hodgson said, we've only got one right back, we've only got one left back, we need some full-backs. And for one reason or another, the money wasn't spent. We went into the season... With only one right back and only one left back, and now our one right back has got injured, and we're going to suffer because Martin Kelly is going to probably be the replacement there. He's a centre back, and you know I think he'll get caught out. I thought he was a right back as well, to be honest with you. It's James here, by the way. Um, I think Martin Kelly did start as a right back with us, so in my mind, and probably a lot of fans, they're thinking that um, Martin Kelly is is a right back cover, don't you think? Um, you know, I'm not sure he has played right, but I think he's kind of, he's more comfortable in the centre. That That's the way that his kind of body's suited to. He, he's quite tall, um, but he's not fantastically quick um, and his feet aren't brilliant. And I think personally, he, he's more comfortable in the centre. I think in interviews, he, he might have hinted the same as well. So we'll, we'll see how he does there. He's not a terrible replacement, but I feel like we, we should have had a specialist right back there as well. Haven't we got any... Hello, Max. Haven't we got anybody we can bring up from the youth team like we did with Aaron? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Well, you know, I've been to a couple of... I've been to a couple of under-23 games and actually right back is a position that they struggle in. Oh. Um, a couple of times... <laughs> Typical Palace. We did, we did have someone <laughs> against Colchester, didn't we, in the, the cup game? Uh, one of the youngsters pulled, played at right back. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah we, had Sam, we had Sam Woods as well. But again, he's, he's a natural centre-back. Mm. And I think um, Hodgson was playing there due to the, kind of the, the, the lack of options we had as natural full-back. As I say, David Boateng is more of a midfielder and he's played there for the under-23s. But it's a, it's a problem position for us at the moment. Yeah. Um, another problem I think we've got is Wilfred Zaha. I mean, he hasn't been playing particularly as well as last season. He's been doing okay, um, but I think I'm a bit concerned because he had a real tussle with Rhys James, the youngster for Chelsea, and, and you know, on more than one occasion, he, Wilf, came out second best. Um, and I'm worried that it's now going to start affecting Wilf's confidence. He might think he's not the player that he thought he was last season. What do you think about Wilf? Maybe, maybe. He is he's very much a confident player. Um, and when he gets frustrated or annoyed, doesn't feel things are going his way, he can sometimes fade out of games a little bit, which is maybe a trait that would stop him being massively successful at a, at a huge club. I think he, he obviously will go on to bigger and better things after Palace, but that might be something, kind of consistency of, of the really high-level performance is something that's maybe holding him back. In terms of while he's at Palace, I, th- I actually think he didn't play that badly against Chelsea. He just came up against uh, a youngster in Reese James who's 
to be to be who, fair, who played fantastically well, really, really, really good player, and aren't England blessed in the right back department? It, it, it's true that, but he only made two tackles on him. Wilf, Wilf made about 10, 11 successful dribbles. So, although he made it, it seemed he was better than he was. I think when you look at the actual analysis of the game, he he only got him twice. So he, he it sounds like he's come out better than he actually did, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, he didn't do badly at all. I say he actually has improved markedly since the start of the season when he was very quiet. Um, so I'm not I'm not too I'm not too worried about um, Zaha's, Zaha's performances for us going forward. He's, he was 20, 27 this week. Controversial question. Has he peaked? Well, I think he's only really ever played for, for Palace. And, and I'm discounting the, the kind of short spells at United and Cardiff where he didn't really get a chance. Um, I think it's impossible to say that given he's never really had the chance on a higher stage. Um, if he went to, to Leicester and got in their team, and I think he would get in their team, Leicester as, as an example, I think you know he'd be tested because he'd be around players who are technically better, who are performing at a higher level more consistent, more consistently. And actually, I, as much as I want him to stay at Palace for the rest of his career, I would love it if he went to a higher club and and you know he proved what he could do and he proved he could do it on a on a higher stage than Palace. Yeah, interesting there. Max, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Always good to hear your insight. Max Matthews there talking a little bit about the game on the weekend and Palace so far this season. DR, oh, I'll we'll have to throw straight back into it. Nick, he's meant to be team member firing shots. Zaha, has yeah. he peaked? Can you believe that? DR, don't um, have that. Uh, yeah, come on, Nick. I don't think, I don't think he's, I don't think he's peaked. Um, I mean, you look at not only Wilfred Zaha's performance, Andrews Townsend and Jordan Ayew. I mean, Jordan Ayew has been brilliant so far this season, but all three of them struggled and I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, we're just so worried about Chelsea's attacking force that we didn't put enough numbers forward to support them players and I feel like that's why Wilfred struggled. Not only Chelsea game, but he struggled against, I think, all the big sides that we played recently. Um, It's due to how conservative we've been going forward and that's why... I don't think I would blame Wilf in particular for his performance. I mean, yeah, there was situation where he could have done better, and in the first half, the frust- his frustrations was clearly there as he, I think, committed around gave away around four fouls. Mm. So you could see that, but I wouldn't go at Wilf and say that oh he's peaked now. I feel like we I, he's still he's still up there. He's still growing as a player. So it's the players around him that are to blame. You think? Yeah, I'll say so. And tactics. Amazing. And tactics. Well, let's get James in. What, what do you think, James? Your well, opinion? Uh, you know, we lost a, a particularly good, obviously, fullback, didn't we, Wambasaka? So maybe Wilf's having to come back a bit more and trap back and defend. And you've said that before, yeah, DR, exactly, on occasions yeah. that, you know, um, we get a lot more bodies behind the ball. We can't rely on our defenders as much. You know, we've. I think overall, everyone realises that our fullback positions are probably the weakest link in our team. Um, apart from left back maybe going forward but definitely definitely defensively we have to be very very careful when we are being under attack on, on the wing that's for mm. sure there was a lot made obviously of the battle with Reese James on the weekend mm. and a lot of you know people were quick to say oh Zaha was in Reese James pocket and didn't Reese James do well and yeah look he had a good game and those battles are going to happen in the game you can't always get the better of your opponent but it's always a storyline it always seems to be a big headline when it's Zaha it doesn't happen when it's anyone else obviously after the game there was something in the car fans yeah. were taunting him in the car Zaha uh, you know replied and that sort of took away from the 
the game and, and the, the dribbles that Zaha did do, what did you make of the thing after? Because it's always with Zaha, there seems, and I'm, I, I want to defend him, but there's, there's always a little bit of baggage, isn't there? There is, um, but I'm not going to go out here and blame him because I'm trying to think if I was in this position, oh, honestly, yeah, no, I, yeah. I would honestly, I would do the same or if not worse because you have to realise at the end of the day, you're still human. I don't care if you earn 100,000 a week or how much you earn. If people are coming at you, outside of the game and trying to abuse you then why would I have it I mean you could see that Wilfred Zaha he easily gets provoked and that's just who he is not everyone's mm. the same and but people try to use that against him don't yeah, they, 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 they know. yeah they do but also another thing is with Zaha is the fact that he apparently handed in a transfer request on the last of the window so the storyline will always remain there with Wilf um, even before this summer I mean he's a great player and there's there's always questions about should he make the next move onto the bigger step and join a European club. So there's there will always be questions about Wilfred Zaha when he doesn't perform because he's just that big of a player and he got that much media attention. Well, if he's not going to perform, then these these teams aren't going to come in with the 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 money required for Steve Parrish to let him go. Steve Parrish said that if 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 he had the offers in that he thought he was worth, he would have gone. But the offers that came in were nowhere near. And is there is it true that he gave his transfer request in I, on the last day, I'm, or is that just? I'm I'm not too sure. Like I don't know about it. Like to confirm yes mm. or no. But the one thing I'll say is that the club needs to also make a decision on how long they want to keep Zaha. So let's say we keep Zaha for another two to three years. Could we get what what we could potentially get now in two to three years' time? I don't think so because right now I feel like this is probably his his best years. I don't think he has peaked, but he's slowly reaching there. Well, DR saying that Zaha handing a transfer request on the last day of the window, wanting a move. Someone who could be on the move, Dougie Friedman, apparently interested in the vacancy up at Hearts in the Scottish Premiership. We're going to be talking about that. And remember, Dean Gordon is still to come. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined with the Back of the Nest podcast, Nick Gillard, DR Kernaz and James Howard. Still to come. And don't forget, because I did say don't remember just before we went away, but please remember <laughs> and please don't forget, Dean Gordon is coming up. Look, we all make mistakes. I can hold my hands up and I can own them, although DR will definitely never, ever let me forget it. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about Dougie Friedman now because he's linked with the managerial vacancy up at Hearts in the Scottish Premier obviously a big Palace figure what do we know so much uh, so far about this DR what, what's the latest on this um, well basically um, I think it was reported by a Scottish newspaper that he's interested in a vacancy at heart a manager managerial vacancy at heart so I'm not I'm not too sure if he'll take it but if he leaves again then I don't think no way back this time. Yeah, I don't see it happening. And the interesting thing about it is we always talk about like transfers, let's say Max Max Meyer, Victor Camarasa, and you question we we always question what's the relationship between the sporting director and Roy Hodgson. So it if he does leave, it'll be quite significant in my opinion in my opinion because there's only t- around 2 months left till the January transfer window and clearly clearly do need signings. So I think it'll be a big blow. But I've seen people say, should Roy make this step up there? I've mm. seen some crazy, crazy statements. And I'm not too sure. I mean, some of the signings he has made um, as director of football, Gary Cahill, Jordan Ayew, James McCarthy, uh, Kamarasa, Sako, Serlov, Kuyate, Batshuayi, Maya, Gaita. I mean, there are some good signings. And he's also had some very questionable mm. ones in Rakip and Yak, which 
didn't they even didn't appear for the under twenty three team. So yeah. You can't get them all, DR. Look, yeah, you, know, you, can't. you know, as I just said, uh, don't remember. You know, we all make mistakes. You know, uh, Dougie's going to make some mistakes, make some good ones, make some bad ones. Yeah. It gets a lot of criticism, though, uh, sometimes from the fan base, James. Rightly so, or, or what do you make of it? Yeah, I, I think it, 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 he left at a very poignant time for us um, when we were sort of ri- riding quite high in the old championship and we were going for a promotion and it was in the middle of the season and... And it was it was a you know it was a similar club like ours and 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 they were just offering more wages because they'd just been relegated from the Premier Premier League. So there's a bit of bad taste, and I think there's the crowd of supporters are fifty fifty split on this one. Be interesting to see Nick's view on it, but I was very unhappy about it at the time, and I personally didn't want him to come back. I mean, I know he's a bit of a legend-ish when he was a player for us. Um, I wouldn't put him up there as as in legends of like Ian Wright or Vince Hilaire. He wasn't that good enough, to be honest, to be a legend. But if you're calling a legend someone that scores uh, an injury time winner to keep you in the second tier of English football, then yeah, then he's a legend because that's what he did. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in two minds. It's very disappointing if he has been bringing in some, like you say, because some good players and he's been with us again for a while and he's probably sort of bedded in sort of his contacts and we might have had some decent players on horizon that might have come in in January well if he just up sticks and goes then we might lose all that connection and then yet another transfer window where we miss an opportunity Mm -hmm. to get a striker in which is probably our number one priority and maybe, you know, strengthen another couple of positions as well. Well, as James said, a legend, obviously, Nick. But is it a blow? And if it is a blow, how big is that blow if you do lose him? I don't honestly know what he does other than the players you've mentioned. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Nobody knows what he does. I hope he's not listening. It's, because, yeah, no, I love your honesty, Nick. <laughs> so I don't know what, what difference it would make. Um I is like, that a problem that, that the fans don't know what he does? You know, we need more transparency that, you know, it's worrying that he obviously plays a significant role in the club and you, the fans, don't know what that role is. Yeah, that's, that's probably partly down to my ignorance as well, though. But no, no, I know, it, you know what I mean? It's everybody's, we're surmising about so many things on shows like this. We haven't got a clue, really. And, and if we didn't, we'd have no show, Nick. This exactly. is true. <laughs> this this is, be easy. <laughs> we'll be out of jobs by Christmas if Nick's in charge. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. We, we, we can only go by what we know. Um, will it make a difference? Well, it, again, it depends who you get in. Will it make a difference if Roy goes? Well, it depends who the replacement manager is. Unless you get somebody decent in to cover it, I quite like the idea of Roy going upstairs. No. Though I'll still always remember Sawloff, which will put me off. No, I'm... I'd like Roy to still be involved in the club when he does. They don't hang up boots as a manager, do they? What I... do they hang up? Clipboards. <laughs> um, the problem when... I've got is the timing of it all. It, it's just it's, it's the... not his fault that Hearts want a manager. I know, but this is what happened before. It's all very well at the end of the season, and you've got time to regroup, and you've got time until the transfer. But these, when these things happen during the middle of the season, I know the opportunity is there and now. But I just feel that there's, you know, he is a, a supposedly a Palace legend in inverted commas. There you go. Mm. Um, and if he is, then surely, and he's been invited back to work for us twice after the first time when things didn't go particularly well and there was a bit of animosity there. 
I think he owes it maybe to the club to say, look, actually, would you be okay if I go um, rather than say I'm I'm going? There's no there's no well, choice. We, we, all, all we've got is a report in the Scotsman and lots of Palace fans on Twitter to go yeah. on. Yeah, but the one thing I would say is Roy moving upstairs scares me. Like, no, that, that's, <laughs> your face. No, no, that, yes, yeah, that, that shouldn't happen because I'm scared that Peter Crouch is going to come out retirement and play up front for us in January if that happens. Like, jokes aside, like Phil Barsley and stuff, Roy. Control, having full control of recruitment you could say well it would be good if he's the manager but I mean if he's not the manager and he's having full control of recruitment then that's a bit worrying like I don't see us making some, well of course they're not being used now but if Roy moves upstairs maybe the managers will start using players like Camaras or Max Meyer but if Roy moves upstairs then we might get rid of them players and get players that's more suited to Roy when he's not even controlling the team so I wouldn't want that. I just think I don't think Roy wants it as well in particular. If you if you're looking at Roy's comments, he wants to manage. He wants to manage day to day out there in the training ground. And for how much longer though do we do we feel? Um I think a couple more seasons. I mean two two or three more seasons at max. I feel like this if he gets another contract extension, that might be his final contract. But I don't see Roy wanting to move upstairs and do that role. And also, I don't want him to do that. Mm. Well, Nick says we're not entirely sure what Dougie Friedman's role is. Someone who will know maybe what that role is. And is there any rumor, uh, truth in this rumour? It is Dean Gordon and he joins us next. Please remember to hear that. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show with me, Charlie Hawkins on Love Sport Radio. I'm joined with the Back of the Nest podcast, Nick Gillard, Dr. Kernas, and James Howard. Unbelievably, you are you can't make this up. Genuinely, you can't write it. I said to you, don't remember that uh, uh, Dean Golden's coming on, and 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 Dean Golden's not remembered because he's not answered the phone. So he's heeded my advice and he's not coming on there well he's not answered we're going to keep trying him Dean please remember please don't forget that you are coming on honestly what shambles Dino (laughs) we're going to keep trying he did say 8.45 he's a busy man we did break a little bit early because I was so excited to get him on we will keep trying Uh, Dean Gordon can I just clarify please Nick when I said um, has Zaha peaked I wasn't saying that he had I was just putting the question out there no 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 no, we've clipped it up now we were were having (laughs) 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 I was having a conversation with my son on Saturday he said we should have sold him. Wow. He we should have called we, him tonight. We play better without him in the team at the moment. And I'm yeah. trying to think of the last game we played where he wasn't. He had a couple of injury spells out and we didn't do too bad. But because the focus is on him so much, the, the rest of the team can't play. I, I think we'll see the best of wealth after the Liverpool game when we face teams um, around us and we're less, less more... Like, yeah, less defensive focus than we are right now, which is, I don't blame Roy for because if we are more open, then these teams have got quality players and they will just destroy us 5-6-0. to six nil. There's always that possibility. I'm not saying that they will, but it limits... By the way that we play, it limits our chances of losing that heavily. So, yeah, I feel like when we face uh, the Burnleys, even though Burnley, they're, they're playing good, um, I feel like that's when we'll see the best of Wilf again. He pluralised the football team. Now, you can't say you, when you play your Burnleys and your Aston Villas. Oh, here we go. We're having, a, we're having we're an English lesson live yeah, on there. Yeah, no, Again, question just, mark, yeah, exclamation mark. Add the full stop. Which is exactly what I said earlier. We'll, we'll get know, it all we'll, on this show. We all know where we are when we've played Bournemouth and we've played Brighton. And who mm. else have we got in that Bright, relatively... Uh, so yeah, we've got we've got Burnley, Bournemouth, <laughs> Watford, Brighton, Newcastle, and West Ham, and Southampton, Look, Norwich. See all like if we're not in the top eight at the end of that run, then I'll 
then I will be in trouble. I think that's it. I think we are going through a tough spell. We're still mid-table, but once we get through Liverpool, that's when we need to to show the money and see players like, get on with it, do your job. Zaha, you need to step mm. up a bit, get a few goals, and then we hopefully will be pushing top 10. But we would like to see us have a go at Liverpool, which we didn't do against Chelsea for whatever reason. Mm. That ain't going to happen. Is that the question, though, Nick, for <laughs> Zaha? To take that next step is consistency, not to have a, a spurt of four or five games when he looks brilliant. And then, you know, I don't want to say go missing, but have a, a few, a, f- a fair few quieter games after. That's the next step for Zaha. Indeed, that, that's always been his thing, is his consistency. Remember, we had the conversation before about when the transfer window comes around and his name men- is mentioned... He, he does dip. He hasn't scored this season. That's not good enough. Mm. But to be fair, we haven't helped him as well. It's not It's not like Palace are lighting it up with goals. No, we we yeah, talk about well, every yeah, week. Th- there's that, but there's also the fact that the way that we play, especially against these big sides over the last... Mm. I mean, against Norwich and Wolves, I mean, I want Wilf to make that step up, but against Norwich and Wolves, he did have good games. Like It's not like Wilf has had a disastrous season. I mean, I wanted him to take the next step, and has he taken the next step? No, not really, but... These are hard run of games. And if you're, because of how we're setting up, we can't get the best out of Wolf right now. We haven't helped him. You're right, because we've lost players and we haven't replaced them. You know, Wan-Bissaka we've lost. We yeah. we had Batshuayi in the team last season. You know, over the last couple of seasons, you know, we had Kabai, fantastic midfielder that could retain possession, pass the ball. You know, look what you said about last weekend, mm. how many times we lost the ball. Johan Kabai was fantastic at keeping the ball and passing it and, and, and relieving a bit of pressure on, on the other team members. And that's the problem. He was one of those players you didn't realise how good he was until he <laughs> wasn't in gone. the team. Yeah. Yo, Johan Kabai and Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Remember I love Kabai. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, Loftus-Cheek yeah, as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Remember Quality. when we beat Leicester yeah. at home 5-0? They were just passing about like... Like with Barcelona, and, it was just and, ridiculous. Mm. I don't, I was, I don't know what I was seeing. Like, and was Ruben and Will had a fantastic little partnership going. Yeah, that second half of I mean, the season. I mean, we lost, but the only thing that I can't get over personally is the fact that we didn't replace Aaron Wan-Bissaka. We had w- enough time, and we knew that this situation was always a possibility. And Woody getting injured, and he got injured. Now we're playing Martin Kelly as right back. Yes, he can play right back, but in mod- in modern football, it, <laughs> what, no, 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 no. In modern football, though, in modern football. Is he a modern? Is he a modern right back? No, he's not, and that's my problem. And now, is like, he a modern and, manager? No, we, we're just outdated, really. We just need a little update to our system. But you say you need a right back, and we know the problems they are. We mentioned it earlier in the youth coming through, but you know, James mentioned it there. The stadium and everything else are going on. Were Palace ever going to reinvest that fifty million, whatever position it was? It's not reinvest, reinvesting all the fifty million. You just need to no, make. No, I know. Yeah, you I'm just not need, saying. Yeah. Gonna... We just need to make a right back signing because now, all right, Martin Kelly is playing right back, but it's also left a hole in the centre back partnership with Cahill because I thought Kelly and Cahill had a good partnership there, but now that can't happen because Kelly has a, Kelly's forced to play right back. So Sacco's <laughs> back. Right back. <laughs> What's that old behind? Okay, DR. <laughs> just the way you went Waldy and then you just you went. He can't play right back. He's playing right back. <laughs> Do you, all right, so we've cashed in twenty five million early. For yeah. the Wan Bissaka money with that bank, and they've yeah. paid us for they've paid us in advance for the true? money we'd have got from Man United. Yeah, as far as I know, that's true. Now, it's fairly common these days. Imagine we got that and ten million more. So we're talking thirty-five million. Mm. We need a striker. We need a right back. Do you split that thirty-five million and try and get 
one each for both of that, or do you just splash it all on one or the other? What but do you they're do? not going to spend yeah, them because that... you're telling me if if they've cashed it in early, that tells me they need the money now. They need the money for other things, not because they want to spend. They need it in other areas because then they can drip feed it through otherwise. Are we? You say we need a striker. We need a, a Palace going to spend in January. <sighs> That's the million dollar question, isn't they didn't, it? They didn't well, spend in the summer. I think I no. think first of all we need a right back other than a striker. I know we need a striker as well, but if we're looking at positions, let's see how how Kelly does um there. But I mean, it's it we're going into the season with one left back and right back. It's just ridiculous, well, really. I think the need for a striker is more than the need for a right back, to be honest with you. I mean, that's where I feel that we're struggling, is just getting goals. So yeah, I but, can kind but, of put up with the likes mm. of Kelly because he can do a job. He might not be flying down the wing, but he can still defend. Dr, this is a, a really silly question, but obviously we know Pellis <laughs> are scoring, yeah. uh, struggling to score goals. Will a striker solve that? Obviously, I know, but it, it comes from it, it comes from the play. It is comes that... from the creativity. A striker it, it doesn't in, instantly mean Pellis are going to start scoring two, three a game. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at this season, Jordan Ayew, when he has had the chances, he has finished them. I, I I don't think we should be over relying on him. But then again, I feel like our uh, our main areas that we need to focus on is more creativity rather than a striker up top because it's not like we're creating lots of chances and Jordan mm. I is not finishing them. It's the fact that we're not actually creating chances in the first place. So that's why I wouldn't look at right and striker position as a main priority. But but let's, let's, sorry, go on. I was going to say, there's no point in going out there looking for another midfield creative player where you haven't, yeah, exactly. where haven't yeah. even tried the one that you've got in over the summer. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a, just a, nonsense. It's a really valid point, James. Let's turn our attentions. Obviously, there's no game on the weekend, but let's quickly look at the fixtures coming up. How vital are these fixtures coming up? Liverpool at home, Burnley away, Bournemouth at home, Watford away. Look, 12th in the league. It's going well. You were just six. We know it's a sticky patch at the minute, but those next four games... Crucial, crucial games. All games. DR smiling. I don't know why no, he's going to say something about Wolby yeah, or something. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say something about Liverpool. is a must-win game, isn't it? And but against Burnley, nah, they're harder. If we haven't got seven points out of those four games, I'll be very disappointed. Really? The, what in 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 what? In uh, I think we'll draw away to Burnley, and if we can't beat Watford and Newcastle, then Bournemouth. Uh, sorry, Watford mm. and Bournemouth. Then we're in trouble. Wow. Mm. Okay. I, I don't know if I, I agree with that, James. Especially uh, Watford, because they are poor this well, season. They've I, turned it round I think, slightly. Tur- I think yeah. Watford have turned it round now. Me I think we're, we're, un- we're unlucky to be playing them yes. this time. But I would still expect us to get a win uh, over either Watford or Bournemouth. And I would hope that we would pick up points on the road as well. So, yeah, I'd probably say four, six points. I don't know. I think it will show it, these run of games until basically the New Year. Uh, yeah, New Year's is, is going to show where we'll end up this season I mean I'm more of a I'm more of a results over performance guy so if we have one okay. shot on tar- if we have one shot on target and it goes in and we win 1-0 and we play dreadful I'm happy with it because we managed to get a three points yeah okay. that's what I, I care I about that. Yeah. so if we manage to get the results against these teams then I'm happy that's what I yeah mm. I'm not really because the so football can, can, hasn't been great. It's a, it's a really interesting because I think there's either two camps you want results or yeah. you want results and performances because you no one wants mm. just performances mm. because points are the things that matter. But James said we want a bit more excitement for the home fans. We want to. You're saying we go to Chelsea, we, we nick a draw. I don't care if we're terrible. We play at home and we get the win. Yeah, I don't that's, care. That's what I you care. About. James, you don't agree with that, do you? I don't. You, don't get me wrong. I don't mind a, a, a one nil, but. I can enjoy a game if I see a really good defensive display. Mm. Yeah, but if I see us win 1-0 and it's we were absolute rubbish and we were lucky, then, yeah, I feel like a bit, 
Yeah. The, the only thing I'll say I'm about sure that about is that. when we were sixth place, everyone was on a high and we weren't playing great then. Yeah. So that's why I'm more of a more, more more results. Go, yeah. Well, Nick, you're saying seven points. And if we don't get seven points, then you will be worried. You're the one who said, don't throw the baby out with a bathwater. Let's not have a knee jerk reaction. Seven points from those 12. It feels quite high high for me. You know, it's a, it's a big statement. The team's in and around those four games. What, why, why would it change for you after those? Just because they, they, I don't know. They just seem like like winnable games. What Burnley away? They just beat West Ham three 0 West know. Ham, you know they're 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 not exactly setting the world but on fire. But Burnley aren't aren't pushovers, are they? Watford away, no. still a tricky away day when Watford have turned it round. They're fighting for their lives. Bournemouth at home, they give everyone a game. To be fair, what game is easy in the Premier League? This is the point I'm yeah. trying to make. So to say seven at because it doesn't work like you could say three would do, then you get nine. Do you know it doesn't work like that, does it? But seven to set that as the benchmark. Well, you... out of those four games, I've gone for two wins and a draw. Mm. But I'd I think, be happy with that. But I think I think the way that the fixtures the, the way that the fixtures were set up and the fact that we had uh, City, Arsenal, Leicester, and Chelsea, and we've hardly managed to pick up any points going into these games, I think more pressure's on Roy to ensure mm. that we do get a point. How many points for you then, Dr? Oh, we're doing points now. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing All right, well, now. I'll give you a minute because <laughs> yeah. how many games? Yeah, four oh. games: uh, Liverpool, uh, Burnley, Bournemouth, Watford, James. Um... Right, James and Dion really struggling with the yeah, concepts yeah, of yeah, points. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad Nick, you're on the ball. Seven points was enough. Just throw a number at, even if it don't work. Um, you should have seen 13, them when they changed to the three points a game. Yeah, five. 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 You'd be happy with five. I think a, a win and two draws. Um, yeah, Watford win. Dion still uh, can't Watford get win. Bournemouth draw. <laughs> Burnley win. <laughs> and Liverpool loss. So you're Calculate still saying that. seven points? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, I agree with you. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's agreeing with Nick. What a show this has been. The Crystal Palace Fan Show, as it is every Tuesday on Lost Book Radio, 8 to 9. I'm joined by Nick Gillard, DR Kernas, and James Howard, the back of the net podcast. This has been the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Lost Book Radio. Eagles! Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.